What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW Grand Slam. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Booch Cast, he's been woken. Yes, sir. He's been broken. Yes, sir. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Booch Cast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? Dude, that's just you, the broke soul gender Zach Scott. Being speaking, I'm not that broke. Here we go. Bossa Nova? Mm-hmm. You've been watching 90s movies again? And what movie? The Ninja Turtles. I'm the day you go. Bossa Nova. Yeah, you're supposed to say, I go Bossa Nova, and you go Chevy Nova? And then excellent. Like, dude, if you're going to do it, go all the way with it. Bossa Nova. Acapella. Hey, Vinny. What? You have wonderful shoes. Thank you. Bazinga. I don't care. That's not 90s, jackass. All right, anyway. <laughs> uh, that was so lame. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are here for the uh, AEW. work. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, so we have AEW, uh, Grand Slam, bunch of title matches, a lot of fun to get into. Um, and by fun, I literally mean that. That's not even being sarcastic. This is a pretty damn good card. Um, <laughs> it actually was, wasn't it? This was is a good show. Impressed. Very few things made me angry. Maybe one thing. I don't know. Okay, I'll, we'll know when we get into oh, it. Oh, there's one thing that made me angry. Yes. So we kick things off with our first official match of the evening for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. Claudio Castanoli defends the title against Chris Jericho. No, this right here was absolutely fantastic. It was 
basically pretty brutal. And once again, for Chris Jericho at his age, Wizard um, put up a hell of a fight, especially on the top rope where he used his legs to, uh, to bring him down. And it was back and freaking forth. And all of a sudden, uh, Chris Jericho hit that low boat. Aubrey Edwards hit the dude's effect. One, two, three. Seriously, I thought Claudio was going to retain. But once again, I'm... I don't. I never watched ROH, and once again, the ROH top of title and that top of AW paperweight. But somewhat, maybe Chris Jericho somewhat got some gold, but I think it's useless. Otherwise, than that this um, was a good opening bout. Well, here's the thing: the Ring of Honor World Title is not a useless belt. It's really not because Ring of Honor is a legit wrestling company, or at least it was. The only problem is it's just not featured on TV right now. Because we don't know where it's going to be yet. I mean, Tony Khan basically owns Ring of Honor. But for some reason, I don't know what his issue is with Sinclair Broadcasting where he can't put Ring of Honor on TV. So that's why he's been doing mostly Ring of Honor pay-per-views here and there. But he's still trying to figure out, like, what TV deal he can get. Does he want to go with Turner? Does he want to take it somewhere else? Because that's the other dilemma. Because there's a tag team that's very popular in Ring of Honor known as the Briscoes who can't be featured on AEW television because the network doesn't like them. So, okay, sign up, Vinny. What exactly did they say? Did they say something against, like, gay people or some shit? They did, but it wasn't, like... <laughs> like, it wasn't, like, overly homophobic. It was, like... I can't remember exactly what they said, but I know that it was, like... I think he was, like... He was trying to get through this... Trying to get through town or something, and there was a gay pride parade, and I think he was just pissed off that he was stuck in traffic, so he was criticizing the gay pride parade. But I can't remember if he used the word, like, fag or anything bad like that. Let me see. I'm trying to look, see if they can pull up the uh, tweets. Okay, well, otherwise, in that one, Benny looks that up. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, you go do this. Claudio and Chris Jericho tore the roof off of this opening bout at, uh, at a match. I mean, like I said before, uh, Claudio got some moves in. A lot of moves in those European uppercuts at first, hit him in the gut and everything else. And like I said before, for Chris Jericho at his age, guys. Oh, he did say that. Oh, uh, shit. Here, here, here's what he said. Here's what he said. Basically, he was in a, um, he was caught, like, like I said, there was a gay pride parade in New York. And he was walking around and he said, damn, there's a lot of fags out in New York today. Hashtag what the fuck. That's the tweet. That he put out. Okay. Oh, shit. So, like... He shouldn't have said that. Man. He shouldn't, but here's the thing. He wasn't saying it like he hates, like, gay people. He was just saying it like, Jesus Christ. Like, because these guys are from, like... These guys literally are, like, grew up on, like, a chicken farm in, like, the fucking sticks. So, they're not used to seeing shit like this. Yeah. Or going I, out yeah, to... Like, and they just happen to see a gay... They never seen a gay pride parade. They didn't... And it's one of those things where they just... Even the, even the most tolerant people hate the fucking parade. I personally, I don't like parades, period. So it's got nothing to do with the with with a pride parade. I had, I, I went to the, I saw I I remember trying to get to Dragon Con during their parade. Their parade is fucking stupid. I'll say that right now. The Dragon Con parade is fucking meaningless and it causes a lot of fucking problems because you can't get around the fucking city. Because for those who've never been to the city of Atlanta, it's ninety nine percent one way streets. Just imagine Christmas doing the Christmas Day Mason Day parade in New York City. Well, it's hard uh, to get around New York City, period. But yeah, the main, but I'm just saying, even when you're walking through this place, you can't get around anywhere because everybody's packed in like fucking sardines. Everybody's like scrunching around. One kid, that this one, this one guy had to put his kid on his shoulders because he couldn't fucking breathe. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, like it's, I'd rather go to a concert than a fucking parade. Parades are fucking meaningless. They're harmful to the city. They're stupid. No matter what it is, no matter what the reason is, they're stupid. And I fucking hate parades. But anyway. I have a confession to make. What? I was in a parade or two. I, hey, I was in one when I was a kid. I was in marching band. My, I, well, I was in a parade because I, but I, I, was on, I was literally on a trice on a big wheel throwing Tootsie Rolls out to people because my neighbor was running for mayor of the town. So, But it was a small town, so the parade wasn't like a big fucking deal. It's not like the parades here where it's like you can't move anywhere, you can't get around. It's for goddamn ridiculous. Cold day. 
and not to mention how to do in the middle of the fucking winter. I was like, fuck you guys. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so that's the issue with Ring of Honor. But as but anyway, what I was trying to say is with the Ring of Honor World Title. There's been a lot of people who've held this belt over the years that are big deals. Obviously, now Low Key was the first ever Ring of Honor World Champion, but nobody really gives a fuck about him, and you shouldn't. Um, uh, there was a uh, Samoa Joe, Austin Aries, uh, CM Punk, uh, Brian Danielson, uh, Homicide, Nigel McGuinness, Jerry Lynn, Seth Rollins when he was Tyler Black has been Ring of Honor World Champion, uh, Roderick Strong, uh, Eddie Edwards, Davy Richards. Kevin Owens when he was Kevin Steen, the the Jay Briscoe, Adam Cole, uh, Michael Elgin, uh, Jay Lethal, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Christopher Daniels, Cody Rhodes. Okay. You know, yeah, so there's a lot of big names that have held the championship, and now shit. Not top. A lot of those wrestlers are fuck champions in the in. I'm gonna say the in the WWE and. Now in AEW or other even in an impact. Okay, I get it. I see what you mean. Yeah, paperweight, the ROH World Championship. This this is a legit belt. The only prop, the only reason it's being viewed as paperweight is because it's on AEW television, and Ring of Honor has nowhere to go. But when Ring of, but if if they can get Ring of Honor to be its own fucking like show and company and separate it, you know, that would make things a lot easier. Like, you hey. know, and then take some of these yep. guys that are uh, that are Ring of Honor wrestlers and put them exclusively on Ring of Honor. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, you know who the two perfect people to run that company? Who? And the third person is a silent partner. You and Gator run that company. I'll be a silent partner. <laughs> yeah. I think we can pull. I think we can pull the fuck off. I... You two go away. I think you two know more about it than me. Well, well it... I can when I see it. Well, here's the thing as far as running the company. I don't want to run the company. I would just like to be either head of creative or part of creative. I don't want to run the company because there's a lot of responsibility that goes with running a company, and I don't want it. Okay, fine. On this, I don't want it. You and me. I think we can pull that fuck it off. I'm saying if we were on the creative team and get somebody else to run the fucking thing, I'd be fine with it. But yeah, so but yeah, so basically, you know, Chris Jericho gets to add the Ring of Honor World Title to his accomplishments as being the AEW World Champion and WWE Champion, WCW World Champion. You know, first ever undisputed champion. Yes. The thing is, all right, we'll go on to the next match after this. I respect your respect Chris Jericho. I always have. Good at what he's done. Here's a problem with me. He's overrated. Sorry. I, I disagree with that. I think Jericho is... I don't think Jericho's overrated. I think Jericho is one of those guys that's necessary. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, and I think that if Ring of Honor does become a TV... If, 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 if Tony Khan is able to get a TV deal with Ring of Honor and make it its own thing and get some people to run it so he doesn't have to spread himself too thin... Like he already is with AEW and the Jaguars with football season starting. So he's spread thin enough as it is. But he needs to get some people there that have experience in running a company and getting them to run it. And then having taking some of these Ring of Honor guys and putting them just on Ring of Honor and keeping them off of AEW. And maybe once in a while you could do like an AEW Ring of Honor, you know, pay-per-view. Kind of like what they did with Forbidden Door with AEW and New Japan. But... You can do something with AEW and Ring of Honor where they clash for one night, but try to keep them separate. And it'll and also it'll create jobs. You can bring in people to run Ring of Honor who know what the fuck they're doing. You know, bring in like the, the Bruce Pritchards, the Jim Cornettes, the Dutch Mantels, people who know what the fuck they're doing and have that kind of experience and put them in the Ring of Honor section. You know, find somebody who has experience. Like, he wouldn't do it, but if you can get Cornette to run Ring of Honor... Oh That'd be God. fucking awesome. It won't fucking happen, but... Of course fucking not. But if they could pull that off, that'd be great because then you'd have separate entities. That's the only reason is that Ring of Honor title is taking up a lot of space because it's on AWTV. But the world title did have some legitimacy and having somebody like Claudio Castanoli holding the belt because Jonathan Grisham wasn't doing shit with it, even though he bitched that he had to drop the title and stormed out. And it's like, bye, Felicia. We don't fucking need you. Um, she said, don't bother me. Exactly. But now you got Chris Jericho holding the belt. It means something. Yeah, that might actually, yeah, that means something. No, 
No disrespect to Claudio. He's definitely he's definitely a hard ass worker, but Jericho's a star, a proven star. And you want to admit, and you want people to take up. If you want somebody to take your world title seriously, Jericho is some one of those guys you want holding that belt. And I feel like Jericho can do more with that title. And the best part is now he doesn't have to call himself the Wizard anymore. He can go back to calling himself Le Champion. Le Champion. A little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. And I'm drinking some of the bubbly tonight. No, I'm functional though, guys. Yeah. By the way, can I say something real quick before we do this? Sure. You know that um, clip that you put about Jim Cornette talking about the little uh, fiasco that happened with Cena Punk and Axel and the Shaheds? Yeah. Can I give my opinion about it, please? I can't help it anymore. Go ahead. Fucking wonderful. I was laughing my ass off. He basically said the same thing you did, I did, and Elvis did. And I never really knew she, and he was defending Cena Punk. He basically said Cena Punk was telling the fucking truth. And he was sitting there after beating the shit out of bloody, sweating, and tired. And all he was doing was eating some sweet and drinking some sugar-free soda. He says, because I know he's straight edge. Let me ask you something. Does, she, does Corny like Cena Punk? He does. I mean, he's he's not like a huge mark for CM Punk. But he he respects the fact that he's telling the truth. Like he he hates with every fiber of his being Kenny and the Bucks. Like they have the hatred he has for them is strong because he's worked with them, he's dealt with them. Yeah, and he knows what pieces of shit they are. Because Jim Cornette is very much an old school guy. He's one of those guys that when people say he's stuck in the past. Cornette is very much stuck in the past. But here's the problem. When you see a lot of stupid shit in modern wrestling, it makes Cornette look smart. Like there's things Cornette has said that I don't agree with. There's times where yeah, he here. There's times where we've we've been on this show and we're like, wow, that match is really good. And Cornette would shit all over it. And I would look at him like, nah, dude, that was a good match. But most of the time, we're in total agreement. Here's the thing. I don't listen to Cornette's podcast in advance, because here's the thing. Jim Cornette records once a week, and he usually records at the end of the week. We do our shows after the show's already aired. Like on NXT, the NXT goes off the air, and then we record our recap, and it comes out. AEW ends, I wait for Zach to finish, and then we record. So it's a little bit of a wait on my end on Wednesday nights, because Zach gets home from work late on Wednesday nights, which is fine. Thank you for understanding Thank you for understanding that. Well, the reason I'm able to is because it gives me... Sh- I have other shit that I can do to fill the time. There, with other... That's his turn, folks. That's why it takes so long for him to answer the fucking phone. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing... I got other shit that I'm working on trying to get done before... And then when Zach calls, I know it's time to record. So we have things going on, but we will get our stuff out immediately. And then I'll listen oh, to yeah, Cornette and go, holy shit, he's the same thing that I said. It's literally parallel thinking. We're not... I'm not listening to Cornette and then regurgitating what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I'm saying shit, and then Cornette's saying it later. And I doubt Cornette's stealing from me because he don't need to. Because he's fucking clever on his own. But... It, it's strictly parallel thinking. We're on the same goddamn page. Because he what he hates about Kenny and the Bucks is the same thing that I hate about Kenny and the Bucks. The fact they treat the business like a joke. It's yeah, like, it that's the thing. Everybody knows that wrestling is a work. We all know it. You go to the show knowing it is scripted. But the wrestlers... Don't for a fact that who's going to win, who's going to lose. You might not like it in the process of it, but once again... It's just the fucking business and the fucking deal. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. When we go to the show, the job of the wrestlers in the ring is to make you believe in what you're seeing. That you're seeing two guys who hate each other fighting to win. And you have to believe that when you see it. What Kenny and the Bucks do is... We all know it's a work, so we don't have to try to fight. We can just do our fancy little tricks, and everyone will go, ooh, ah, wow. Like, that's it. They're not trying to make you believe anything. They're just giving you an acrobatic show and thinking they're the best in the world. When in reality, they're not even in the fucking conversation. In fact, if we were talking about the best tag teams ever and someone came in and tried to even bring up the Young Bucks, we would ask them politely yet firmly to get the fuck away from us. And by that, I mean me and anybody in the business that's serious about it. Not one person is mentioning the Bucks and staying in the conversation. It's like, 
you can get the fuck out of here right now. Sign up. I'll be saying the same thing. I'll be looking up like, yeah, get the fuck out. I'll be like, go, shoo, shoo, go, 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 go. All right. I'll yeah. Push you. you know, I'm just, just the hell this. I have a video on my Twitter page that I retweeted that ha- that shows a bunch of shit that Kenny did in a wrestling ring. Somebody put it, somebody put a compilation together, and it pretty much sums up why so many people hate Kenny Omega. Because he's he did- not safe. That dragon soup, that's just fucking scary. Every time I see I mean, him, hit like, did you fucking kill the guy? Did you paralyze him? Yeah. Huh? If that's you paralyze him, kill him. First thing, I think you should go someplace with bars. Yeah, but that's the thing. They're unsafe and they're unoriginal. It should not take 12 fucking super kicks to win a fucking match. It takes you at least three. <clears throat> Shawn Michaels. Anyways. Well, the thing is, it's not just that. They they do a bunch of other stupid things. Like, you know, they dress like the Rockers. They wrestle like the Hardys. They taunt like the Click. There's nothing original in anything they do. They're literally guys that go out to the ring and go, hey, let's play wrestling and let's use the moves our favorite wrestlers do. There's nothing innovative or special in any of them. And... Like CM Punk said, they're fucking children. I've said they're children the longest time. I said they're children. It's so, and and basically CM Punk basically said, if you have a fucking problem with me, come find me and let's go. So Kenny and the Bucks decided we're going to go into his locker room. And pretty much Punk just put them in their place verbally. He's sitting in his locker room with his dog, a girl on crutches that's a friend, that's the wife of one of his friends are all hanging out. His wife's in there with him too. And six guys just come busting in the locker room. What the fuck do you think they came in there to do? Have a chat? If you think that, you're fucking stupid. And when you hear okay. stories about everybody that was in there, you realize that you realize why Punk knocked their motherfucking asses out. They stormed in the locker room in a six-on-one scenario. Six guys come into your locker room. You're not sitting there going, hey, fellas, what are you doing here? No, you're going to fight those motherfuckers because they're pretty much ready to fucking throw down. Because if you really wanted to have a productive conversation, here's what you do. Because I've learned this because wrestlers aren't normal people. Let's make that very clear, okay? They They don't live in the normal real world that most of us live in. If you want, what they should have done was have a real representative and not these fake EVPs that they got. Because a real executive vice president would have had one person knock, go into the locker room. They claim they not. That's a fucking lie. They, they, you go in and you say, hey, we're having some issues out here. We need to have a conversation. Let's go meet in this area. Then you go meet in the area. You sit down at a table with mediators there to make sure nothing goes crazy. And then you can talk and hash things out. But you don't walk in like a fucking gang and bust into somebody's goddamn locker room and think the guy's not going to fucking swing at you. What makes you think they're there to just talk? He literally told them they can't fucking manage a target. They're fucking children. They're bratty. They suck at their jobs. They're fucking embarrassing. You honestly think after hearing all that, they were going to go in there and go, why were you mean to us? Use your fucking heads, people. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say? Maybe CM Punk shouldn't have said what he said at a press conference due to today's cancel world. Maybe she's done it on Twitter. That way there wasn't an altercation and nobody was be suspended. Um, unfortunately, but I saw it with CM Punk. I'm just saying like, uh, uh-oh. I was like, but they had no right strong to his locker room like a bunch of fucking dipshit kids. But otherwise, that wasn't on. Yes. So now... <laughs> After we just spent so much time. Now we're moving on to the second match of the evening. Sorry about that, folks. We went off the rails. We went off the fucking rails today. Uh, All right. So now we're on the next match of the evening. For the AEW World Tag Team Titles. Swerve in our glory. Defend the titles against the acclaimed with daddy ass Billy Gunn. At least we saw Mass Cash's rap. I know you were raising hell about that on the last show. But this right here was... As much as I hate to say it, they got kind of boring. You see the acclaim. They got things, everything together. They can work as a tag team. As you see with, with Keith Lee and Swerve, they work in communicating really good at all. Did you see that? Yes. Okay. Now, I love that. And not to mention, they had some moves back and forth, and all of a sudden, Swerve should have hit his own, oh, hit Keith Lee with a full box back and forth, back and forth, all of a sudden. Even though we had to see the scissors way too many fucking times, the acclaimed hit their uh, gritted, hit their hit their uh, move. No, it was a roll up. 
No, it was the they hit their finisher, the mic drop. Okay. The mic drop, and first time they tried to do it, Nash Cassidy hurt his knees. Uh oh, I was like, I was like, and he recovered somehow, uh-huh. and then hit the second time, and the new AEW Tag Team Champions beat motherfucker acclaimed, and thank you, fucking Jesus, for strange ass reason, there, everybody. Swerve it or glory. We're doing jack shit. It was I love I like Swerve. I like Keith Lee. Maybe they can go do something else right here. But there's gonna be eventually Swerve Circle against Keith Lee. They did do shit with those titles. Go ahead. They they weren't. They just weren't interesting as a tag team. I don't feel like they gelled very well and you know, this is one thing that Cornette said that I agree with, which is I think the reason the Bucks dropped the belts to these guys was because they didn't have the fucking balls to drop them to FTR because they can't accept the fact that FTR is a better tag team than they could ever dream of being. The and best tag team of professional wrestling fucking right now. And, yes. Anybody. Exactly. Like, they can't handle it. it. It bothers them. It fucks with them. They can't, they can't accept the fact that there's people out there that are clearly better than them. And it eats that the way at their egos and their pride. Because they are the thing about Kenny and the Bucks are is they are top guys until top guys show up. Then they go back down the ladder where they fucking belong. That's why they created those trios belts in the first place. So they can go sit and jack off in a corner while the real men draw the money. Now they're sitting at home. Thank you, Jesus. And we don't know if they're going to come back, but I'm pretty sure they will. All I ask is if you're going to bring them back, strip them of their EVP status. That's all I ask. I mean, ideally in a perfect world, I'd like them to never be here again and send them back to fucking Japan so we don't have to see them anymore. But if you are going to bring them back, take away their EVP status. Anyway, back to this match. Fucking love this tag match. It was great from start to finish. Solid tag team wrestling. I love the moment where Billy Gunn hit the Famouser. They throw the guy back in the ring. And also, if you look real closely, there was one... There were, that crowd, as soon as that three count was done, went fucking ape shit. As they say in the business, they were throwing... They were they were jump, yelling, they were screaming, and babies were being thrown up in the air. Because the acclaimed one, like, they... That crowd popped... There was this one guy with a world... With a AEW replica belt that was having a fucking seizure... Like that that crowd was going ape shit fucking nuts when the acclaimed won. If that doesn't tell you they're fucking over, nothing does. Like they are that's how over they are. The crowd loved every second of this match. And they went insane when the acclaimed won those titles. And I don't know how long they're gonna hold on to those belts, but I hope that it's gonna be for a good while. I hope. I, I don't know how long it's gonna be. It could be till full gear. It could be till revolution. Who the fuck knows? Either way, they've earned the acclaimed earned these titles, and it's the right thing to do because they're not the best tag team in AEW, but they are the best homegrown AEW tag team of all the AEW tag teams that have started in AEW or got their exposure in AEW. The acclaimed is the best. What I like about this match is what's the rap. All right, sorry, I have you guys on there. Okay, I'm with. Uh, was this when he came out? I said, "Yeah, you guys would never put such stuff about a glory hole." That made me laugh my ass. Yeah, swerving like, your glory hole. About Pepsi with him, making fun of his weight. I was like, "Well, oh, dude, that, that's a lot of it has to do with muscle." But like I said, guys, they had Swerve Strickland and uh, Keith. They had no communication. They claimed have perfect communication, and with badass Billy uh, uh finisher, throw him in the ring. One, two, three, and he claimed one world titles and i'm very fucking happy with it very very happy with it yes and speaking of the best tag team we cut to the backstage here with ftr cash wheeler says all four guys killed it he says ftr has been the top ranked tag team since april so they want a title shot so they're already calling out the acclaimed the guns interrupt and wonder if ftr is losing their momentum and they say they're more talented or they're the more talented version of ft of ftr top guys out Mm. Okay, this was this is good. Basically, FDR was like, "All right, this like, all right, you have the titles. We want those titles. But what's going to happen with those dipshits and guns coming in? You know what's probably going to happen? What? I see it. I see it in the future. Okay, the guys are get, uh, the guys are going to go to uh, are going to uh, probably go against uh, the acclaimed for the tag team titles, but of course lose. 
Yeah. That's probably going to future going to happen. Well, I think what I like with this thing with the guns is, is that it gives FTR a chance to kind of step away from the tag title picture for a moment, just a moment, so the Acclaim can have a good run. And maybe once the FTR is done dealing with the gun, with the gun club, the ass boys, once he's, once they've beaten them, then they can have the match with the Acclaimed. But when that match happens, I don't care. FTR has to go over. That is that that's point blank and period. If the acclaimed and FTR fight for the tag team titles, FTR needs to win. As much as I love the acclaimed, as great as that match was, FTR needs to win more than the acclaimed. That yeah, way they could be the dominant tag team right in WWE, of course, and everywhere because they'll have every fucking title. Well, yeah, and then we'll see what happens with that. Like, I'm sure at some point, um, what I'd like to see is, obviously, if Tony Khan puts together another uh, Ring of Honor tag team, uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view, have them defend the ROH tag belts, I'd like to see something where if New Japan has a, a show coming up, they go there to defend the IWGP belts, and obviously they got to go to AAA to defend the AAA belts. So I'd like to see, like, clips of that. Kind of like when they show clips of Pac defending the All-Atlantic Championship every fucking place he went. I would like to see them do that with uh, FTR. Showing clips of them defending their title, defending each of their other tag belts and the other promotions like New Japan and, you know, AAA. I'd like to see more of that. Some kind of partnership there where they can show, where they can like have the match, film it, and showcase it on AEW. Maybe throw it somewhere where it's needed. I think I think it'd be great to see FTR going everywhere, defending all those belts instead of just holding them. But you know, but show that they're fighting champions in every aspect. But they definitely need to be the AEW tag team champions again. So I would have them fight with the Gun Club for now because I'm pretty sure uh, Swerve and Keith Lee are going to try to get a rematch, and then maybe the Acclaim can win there and that, and then maybe if they can drag it out to Revolution, maybe make Revolution the night where FTR wins the tag belts but whenever that match happens ftr has to go over okay yes and then we cut to uh wheeler useless is on the ramp with tony shivani he is asked about the title match between brian danson and john moxley mjf comes out and interrupts and gets a big pop he calls his, the fans his devil worshipers mjf turns to you and says he'll never get a reaction like that he says yuda is mid where he is a god to these people mjf says a generational talent Yuna knows that he has more catchphrases than he has friends. And he's the <laughs> king of low-hanging fruit. Yuna compliments MJF's fiance and calls MJF a spineless, worthless piece of human garbage. Yuna says MJF's fiance will walk out on him, much like MJF walked out on AEW. MJF wishes Danielson and Moxley well. He says they're fighting to lose the world title to him. He says Yuna can still get advice from his mentors. He references Danielson's injuries and Regal's past with substance abuse. MJF drops Shivani with a cheap shot, and Yuta attacks him. W. Morrissey chokes Yuta from behind, and MJF lays him out. This is actually pretty fucking good. I know you don't like we use this, but he called out a couple things on uh, on uh, actual saying that he got more uh, what's that? He's more Christian than he has friends. I thought that was pretty funny. He says he's a kid that low hanging fruit, and uh, he says he's finest working piece of human garbage. I think he said, uh, or piece. I think he was uh, say shit, but they never been better. This one here was actually a pretty fucking good. At least you got some chops in before you got a cast to come out and choke him out. And uh, of course, Maxwell knocked him out with that giant ass pinky ring. I thought this was pretty good. Ish. I mean, it was okay. I mean, MJF did great. Wheeler useless. He 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 tried. I could see he was trying, but he's just not good. He's not a good talker. It's like, dude, if you're going to bring up the fiance, go all the way. When you, as soon as you say, you know what? I'm not going to go there. You lost the fight. Don't don't bring something up if you ain't prepared to go all the way with it. So I thought that was half-ass. MJF ate his ass alive verbally, and it was beautiful. Then we cut backstage, and we got Jade Cargill, who's basically talking about, you know, being that bitch and whatever. And Diamante interrupts, and she introduces Trina as her backup. For AEW Rampage. Okay, uh, confession. I was taking a piss. And also, I was watching Trina Chick show up. I don't know who this is. Vinny, I do apologize. Can you take this one, please? Uh, yeah. Basically, um, Diamante and Jay Cargill are going to face off for the TBS Championship on Dynamite. 
Yes, you heard that correctly. The TBS title will be defended on a TNT show because nothing makes fucking sense in this company. And Diamante is a very talented woman. She is a great opponent for Jade Cargill, but there's a good chance she's going to be added to her fucking list, which is a bad idea because there's not a lot of good women left. Jade Cargill is basically running through everybody. There's very few women on this roster that actually have talent. It's a small list. It's getting bigger, but it's still a small list compared to some of the other raggedy bitches that come through that curtain and don't know a wrist lock from a wristwatch. So it's not pretty. So the more Jay Cargill runs over the good talent, the more likely it is you'll have to drop the belt to one of the bad ones. And dear God, I can't watch that anymore. Yeah, I don't really care for Jay Cargill, okay? Uh, I think she's useless like a tentacle hog. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, on that note, we move on to the next match oh, of the evening awesome. for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Pac defends the title against Pockets. Uh, did you get my text message? Yes, I did. I was about to get mad. I was like, I was like, seriously, Pac, you beautiful, wonderful, wonderful English person. You, why were you wasting your time with fucking Pockets? Did you see Mad Times I said that Pac was running the show, right? Yeah. But of course, of course, Boris Cassidy, as soon as he put his hands in my pockets, I chopped positive. I, I, I was on my bed. I, I just got, I was like, I started touching my pillow. Like, this was pointless. This was boring as shit. It was just typical old pockets doing his spot monkey bullshit. And all of a sudden, Pock hits his finisher. One, two, three. Thankfully, the Bastard Pock retained that title because he is, if, or if Cassie would have won, I would have been pissed as hell and I would not be able to watch the rest of the show. Yeah. This was probably the one bad, shitty moment of the entire night. What was otherwise no, was a shitty. good show was, unfortunately, we had to have this fucking moment right here, which was stupid, retarded, a waste of everyone's time, and... I will never get back. Yeah, an arousing game of why the fuck is he still here? Oh, that's right, because he's Tony's little lap dog, and Tony likes to dress up as him on Halloween, so there'll always be a place for pockets. Park, 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 park. I, I just, I don't, I, the fact he's getting a title <laughs> shot at anything, it's like, I can't, moments like this make it hard for me to take this company seriously. When you got or or the fans seriously when they're cheering somebody who is clearly fucking exactly. annoying. Exactly. I was watching I was seeing these fuckers cheering. It's like, why are you guys cheering for this? This is fucking bullshit right here. Oh you motherfuckers. Oh, this is one I'm one just of saying, the two nephews that piss me off. Orange Cassidy is li- is living proof that the AW fans will cheer fucking anything. That's why I'm it's hard for me to find out who's over. I'm not telling you to joke you, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the AEW Interim Women's Championship. <laughs> Tony Storm defends the title against Britt Baker, Athena, and Serena Deeb. <laughs> this is absolutely fucking horrible. Horrible? I thought it would, it, it, I didn't like it. Okay. I mean, I mean, it was... You know, it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I don't like the NFL race. I just don't. And I know you don't like him either because the champion he get, can't get in to lose the title. That's my problem. There's back and forth, back and forth. I'm trying to take your, you and Gage's advice here, trying to make it as long as possible here. Serena D got moves in. But what I did like was when um, Athena got, I, don't, I forgot, the, I think it was Tony Storm and Serena D, Dope Rip Baker, or one of them, and she. Took them both out as they came with that move. I mean, it was okay. My problem is that Tony Storm, and clearly she won by a roll-up. I didn't like the roll-up. I didn't like the finish. Somebody should she should have hit a finisher and then one, two, three. That's my problem. But otherwise, the match was actually okay. I mean, yeah. I think um, I can see why they did it. You know, um, you know, it, it's it's a fatal four-way match, so you're trying to win any way that you can, and it's hard to get a clean pin in a match like that. Also, I think they wanted to protect um, uh, Britt Baker. They didn't want her to lose, like, you know, fly on her back in the middle of the ring. I don't know. Maybe they're going to do more shit with her. I don't know. But also, I want to clarify something you said earlier. Um, I don't hate Fatal 4-Ways. I hate triple threat matches. It's it's triple threats I don't like. Fatal 4-Ways, I don't mind them too much. It's, It's... 
it's, it's only when they do like fatal four ways and there's a fucking like ladder or a table or a hardcore shit that I don't like because well, then it gets too disorganized. But can I ask you something? But does it, it always sometimes end with a champion knocking his head same way with a triple threat? Well, no. The issue is never that the champion can't get pinned because there are some scenarios where it's necessary to do that. It's the way to protect the champion without getting pinned or submitted. For example, when Roman Reigns won the Universal title, and he's been champ for two years, do you remember how he won? It's been two years. I'm supposed to want to be in that time. Okay. It was a triple threat match with Braun Strowman and The Fiend. Oh, that's, that's and right. and The Fiend that. was the Universal champion. So what happened was Roman pinned Braun Strowman to win the title. So that way he never pinned Bray Wyatt. He never pinned The Fiend. So The Fiend lost his title without being pinned or submitted. And sometimes I do that. So it's like, hey, you didn't pin me. You didn't make me tap out. So yeah, you won the title, but you haven't beaten me. It protects the champion if you want to protect them. So in the right context, those type of matches can work. I personally don't like triple threat matches because I think they're disorganized and stupid. A fatal four way is more fun, so I don't I don't hate fatal four ways. I, I prefer them over triple threats because triple threat matches are just stupid. I think they're stupid. They don't they're, they're, the psychology's off. A lot of it looks ridiculous, and they have to make it automatically no DQ in order to keep some sort of organization organization in it. So either way, fatal four way match. I thought I thought it was good. It was violent, it was brutal, and in the end, the right person won, which is Tony Storm, because she, she, not... she retained, so that's what's important right now. Yes, and then, of course, um, Baker got busted open, no surprise, and then, of course, yeah. afterwards, they're, you know, the heels beat down on the baby faces, and then all of a was sudden... Necessary? Well, yeah, because mm-hmm. that, well, that, that's how the heels get back on top. Like, the baby face shined Tony Storm by rolling up Britt Baker and winning. Well, Britt Baker wasn't pinned, so... I mean, she was pinned, but she wasn't unconscious. So she immediately gets up, and it's like, all right, you got a lucky win. Boom, now I leave you laying. That's That makes sense. The heel gets their heat, is still able to look good. It's like, all right, I lost the match, but at least I walked out of the building. That's what that's supposed to do. Now, of course, that didn't work because we got a shocking fucking debut that nobody saw coming. Ooh. Paige shows up. In AEW. Oh, shit. You didn't see that? No. Paige. Well, she's going by her real name now, Soraya, but we know her as Paige in WWE. Um, She is now all elite because she comes to the ring. Everybody leaves the ring, and she gets a loud fucking pop from that crowd, and she basically walks around telling everybody, this is my house. And then eventually... um. The baby faces, uh, Tony Storm and Athena, they get in the ring and celebrate with Paige to welcome her to AEW. And they're basically setting it up to where Paige is going to join up with the baby faces and probably do this feud with Britt Baker and, you know, everybody else. All right. I didn't. Shit. I didn't see that. Okay. But yeah. I didn't see that at all. That's some second stick of the night. I'm sorry, folks. Sorry, Jenny. I didn't know that was Paige. Okay. okay. Well, well, I want to call her Paige. You can call her Paige if you want. I'm just saying Soraya is what she's referred to as, but that's Paige. People don't remember because she was she's been out of action uh, with a broken neck. She broke her neck a few a few years back, and WWE never got to a point where they wanted to put her in the ring. And also, uh, she was part of that issue that WWE was having with third party people, you know, third party like you know affiliates like Twitch accounts and stuff. WWE didn't want people, didn't want all the wrestlers to shut down whatever third-party stuff they were doing, whether it was Twitch or Cameo or everything else. And Paige didn't want to do it. So she pretty much let her contract expire and decided not to come back to WWE. Well, now AEW's picked her up. So now she is in All Elite Wrestling, which I think is going to be awesome because as much as I would love to see Paige back in WWE, I feel like... There's nothing really left for her to do in WWE, except maybe have some matches with some of the new blood that's come in. But I think Paige could do more in AEW. I think that's where she's better needed because the women's division needs more stars and they need women, more women, who actually know how to wrestle and work. And Paige is exactly that. The more stars they can bring in and the more 
workers they can put they can bring in people who know how to work people who know psychology people who know storytelling the more of those people that come in the better off this company's going to be in the women's division because i've said it before and i'll say it again the women's division is aw's weakest link because for every four or five good women you see in that locker room there's 15 20 who need to be shown the fucking door they ain't getting it. They're never going to get it. And I'm sp- talking specifically to Kenny's Geisha girls. Get them the fuck out of here. They don't know how to work and they're taking up space. So I'm glad to see Paige is in AEW. I think she'll be a valued asset to this company. I am so out of pressure. Okay. Here's you Look, she did what she did with what she did. And you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to say exactly what she did. But for God's sake, Look at her. So you see that pale, beautiful skin, has that beautiful new tattoo. Not to mention, I'm going to say it, she's fucking hot. And I'm also going to say something else. I think Cord, and this is coming from the next team, I think Cord J is hotter than Amber Rose. Wait, what? I think Cord J is hotter than Randy Rose. Okie dokie. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Anyway, well, well, the thing about everything else is, uh, you know, Paige obviously being a valued asset to the company and, you know, and obviously Zat's not going to go into detail about what she did, but I won't either. I'll just say this. If she happens to do anything crazy like that again, don't put any belts in the picture with you. Because that's really where most of um, most of the people in the business that were angry about that, that's where most of the anger went to. It wasn't even the fact that she that those videos leaked or that she was doing that stuff because that's private shit that somebody else leaked. It's the fact that she got um, man juice on a championship belt. Yeah, that's true. Which is disrespectful. It's 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 in the same yeah. category. It's in the same. It's that's why people got mad when. Sammy G made that reference when about, hey, you shouldn't put your lips on that title because uh, we had a little fun with that in the bedroom. That pissed a lot of people off because for the same reason, you don't you don't disrespect titles like that. Everything else is her personal life, but that's the only thing she did wrong. Anyway, happy to see Paige in AW. Then we cut to a vignette with Emo Knievel himself, Darby Allen, who carries a body bag on a subway, drags it through the streets of New York, Puts it in a taxi and says he's going to a funeral. Okay, okay, okay. Why was he scared? This is a waste of time. Can I make this short and sweet, please? Yeah. Boring, boo, don't care. Blah, 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 blah. I don't care. This sucks. This was pointless. I don't like you, Darby. I'm like, fuck off. Go away. You fight. Go bother me. You probably got something more better to say than I do. Go ahead. Pointless. What was the fucking point of this is all I want to know. This didn't tell me anything. Know. It didn't go anywhere. And then all of a sudden they cut to, it's going to be Darby Allen and Sting versus Brody King and Buddy Matthews of the House of Black. Which I don't even know why they're calling it the House of Black because the only person in there with the last name Black doesn't work for the company anymore. Yes, versus Luis. And got it. Uh, yeah. What the fuck? Why? There's no House of Black. Why is this still a thing? The House of Black was an epic fail. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on Malachi Black. I know he had some personal issues that he that caused him to step away. He had and he had mental health issues that caused him to need to take a break. I hope he gets the healthy help he needs. I wish him the best of luck as a person. I'm just talking right now. I'm talking about gimmick. Bottom line is this: Malachi Black wasn't moving the needle, and the House of Black's been an epic fail since day one. The fact that this is still a thing. Is fucking stupid. This doesn't need to be here. This match is pointless. And, you know, maybe Brody King can go solo because apparently there's some talent in him. But I think it's time for um uh the, the heart chick and fucking Buddy Matthews. Need, they, they need to be shown the fucking door. Because they suck and they don't draw money at all. They're a waste of a contract. It's off to the retail world for both of you. All right. Or the dishwashing too. <laughs> Come on, they, they, I don't hate them that much. Uh, but anyway, oh, fuck you. Oh, you fuck. No, fuck you. No, 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 no. no. You're like, no, 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 no. We're gonna, I would go off the rest for one fucking second there. You think for one second that you had to deal with people? I have to clean up after fucking people. I have to clean up people like you. 
So, fuck you for that little comment, you little ball-headed, greasy fucking prick. You fly, don't bother me. Anyway, uh, so, but yeah, so anyway, this thing, like I said, this whole vignette was fucking worthless. It did nothing. It showed nothing. And if this really happened, you're going to tell me nobody would have called the cops? Yeah, I'm going to carry a body bag on a subway. You fucking moron. With that face, is half painted with something weird called like from some... No, no. Well, never mind all that. That's fucking normal today. People dressing fucking weird like that. I'm talking about the fact that he has a goddamn body bag on a subway and nobody said shit. With a pain, with a, a half-painted face. Like, really? Yeah, exactly. That was stupid. The whole thing was fucking dumb. Here. No, here's the thing. You're focusing on the face paint. I'm not worried about the face paint. I'm worried about the fact that there's a I'm fucking body paint. The face paint's got nothing. Is irrelevant right now. Never mind the fact it's he painted his face. Zach, you're telling me you're more concerned with the fact that half his face is painted and not the fact that there's no. a fucking body bag next to him? It's, it's both. He has a dead body and his face is half painted. They're going to think something crazy is going on. Look what lo both logistics here, people. Especially you. <laughs> I'm just saying, never mind. The face painted is the least of the fucking problems. There's a goddamn body bag next to him on a subway. Is there anybody there? Seriously, I need to know if somebody in AEW that can veto fucking ideas. Is there somebody? Can you? Can, can Tony Khan please, please grow some balls, please, please? If you're married, I don't know if you're married, but if you are, kindly go sneak into your wife's purse. Pull out your testicles, reattach them, motherfuckers, walk in there, and start vetoing these stupid ideas. Stop it. They make no fucking sense. It doesn't promote anything. It doesn't debut anything. He's not Bray Wyatt. Okay? Bray Wyatt can do random shit like this because he knows how to make it work and there's an end game. There's no fucking end game to this. Nothing. Nothing! This goes nowhere! I'm going to a funeral, and I'm bringing the body. That makes no fucking... That, what? That, that does nothing. I blame Sting for this. He's a fucking veteran who should know better. Chances are Darby Allen pitched this idea to you. Sting didn't think at some point to go smack him in the fucking head and go, no, stupid. I mean, at least, at least show me bringing the fucking... You know, I'm going to a funeral. Well, show us the funeral. Show, go to the fucking cemetery. Have the fucking body. Throw it in the fucking cemetery. Bury the fucking body. And then the tombstone, it can say, House of Black. Or hell, put Malachi Black as a way to write him off TV. I at least would have, that, it still would have been fucking weird because you're killing somebody <laughs> off in wrestling. But that would have been fine. At least there would have been an ending to the fucking story. <laughs> Yo, where's Malachi Black? <laughs> I killed him. And some people would go, well, Vinny, he can't kill somebody. That's weird. He's already got a body bag on a subway train. We're past the point of normal. We're past the point of fucking normal at this point, okay? We've already, we're already suspending disbelief for the fact that he's carrying a body bag down a subway fucking... Now, Zach, I, obviously, you I'm assuming you've never been to New York. Have you been to New York? Have you been to New York? <laughs> yes or no, Zach? Okay. Have you been to New York? Okay. No. No, you haven't. Okay, okay. Let me explain how this works, okay? The fucking subway, it's the Marta on steroids. That's the fucking subway, okay? It's like the last vial of ooze. He drank all of it. It's a super shredder. That's fucking subway, okay? You go to fucking... He's going down subway stairs with a body bag. He goes to the turnstile. He has to pay to get on. He has to get one of those those subway little ticket things. They get a swipe to get on. And then he goes and sits on the train, which in New York, no matter what hour it is, it's fucking crowded. Okay? Crowded. And then he's just sitting there with a bag leaning on him. He's pushing it off. There's that comedic moment. No, no, they're not showing anybody else on the train. Yeah, somehow Darby Allen got a subway train all to himself. Blow me. That ain't fucking happened in New York. Then he gets off the fucking train, has to walk through the subway train, through the turnstile again, go up the stairs, and boom, 
boom, there's the city. And now he's in the city. He hails a cab, which is easier said than done. Hails the fucking cab. Taxi, taxi. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised if we, I'm surprised he didn't wave the body bag around. Taxi, and then hails the cab. Cab driver pulls up, sees a body bag, and lets him into the car. Uh, nah, fam. I'm driving the fuck off. Okay. Okay, stop with the humming. It's pissing me off. So, you go, you gotta bring, and then he sits there, and the cab driver looking at me just goes, I'm going to a funeral. Stop the background shit, okay? Seriously, what the fuck are you doing? You think he would at least mute the microphone if he's gonna fucking do this? Are you done? I'll wait. Are you done? No, but your little background shit's making me take longer because I'm trying to make a point. You already made your point. Jesus Christ. Okay, we get it. Stop. Well, maybe if you didn't go blah, 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 blah. Okay? You would get on, 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 on. Fucking jackass. So. You're the fucking jackass. No, it's definitely you. So now he's you. That didn't make fucking sense to anybody. That whole fucking scene is just like the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard. Like, oh, that's not how New York works. You can't just walk around all fucking normal. So at least it would have been better if he just threw the body in a fucking cemetery, but just sits in a cab and drives. And then it's like, here's this tag team match on Rampage that half of y'all ain't gonna fucking watch. That was a waste of fucking time. I'd ask Zach if he has anything to add, but clearly the only thing he has to add is do 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 of the night, it is for the vacated AEW World Championship match. Championship belt it is Brandy Dominic, uh, Brandy Danielson against John Fucking Moxley. I thought this was actually fan, uh, was spectacular. Both these two men, like the WWE, who know each other very well physically and uh, physically and uh, psychology. Did a very fantastic fucking job. There was no spot fucking bullshit. There was no no tables, no ladders, no chairs. There was no people on the top row. We don't have to hear people bitch about something that's unnecessary. But this fantastic was absolutely wonderful. Daniel got moves in. Dynamite got moves in. And you see uh, Maxwell and Jeff. They were even sitting in the background, sitting there with his little chip. And she was assuming she was kind of like a money thing. Case. But that's okay. He kept on moving under it. He didn't interfere at all. He kept on watching it. Those two gentlemen beat the living shit out of each other. Fantastic fucking final match of the night. I thought it was brutal, but with John Moxley winning, it makes sense because of how much crap that Maxwell Jamie Freeman has been talking about. So in here very soon, we're going to see Maxwell Jamie Freeman going against John Moxley. Hopefully, as you have it was great. It was wonderful. That's all you have to say. Really? You're going to start doing this right now? I'm going to get a job I'm doing. Okay, folks. Let's wrap this up right here so I can go home and drink more and eat something and smoke a little bit more green. You know what I mean? This is a phenomenal main event. I'm just petty. Um, point is, yeah, this, sure is a, you are. This, is a, this was a phenomenal main event. And yeah. it was very well done by both guys. Um... And and one thing about Brian Danielson is it puts he does he he gets people to actually wrestle, which is phenomenal. And it's not that Moxley can't wrestle; it's just that most of the time he chooses not to. Um, it was nice to see a match where uh, Moxley doesn't have blood dripping from his head. Um, because I don't need to see blood in every Moxley match. I just I don't. Okay. No, you don't. You don't. There's some cases where blood is warranted. This was not one of them because they're already friends, so he doesn't have to bleed with you. Just fucking have a match. And it was even better because no matter what he did, Daniel Bryan would not stay down. So in the end, he had to choke him out, and the referee called for the bell. It was great. 
You know, they were literally, it, it literally got to a point where Mox, where Moxley was just so fed up. He's like, I got to choke him out because nothing was keeping him down. And that's a good way to end things. So it made it very competitive. Damn near ready to kill each other. It was wrestling at its finest. And in the end, John Moxley becomes a three-time AEW world champion. And of course, throughout the night, MJF is watching the luxury boxes and holding the all-out ship because he knows he's facing the winner. And I'm okay with Moxley being champion because if Brian Danielson was going to win the title, I'd like him to have a long title reign. But I don't think he's going to because... Moxley is pretty much holding on to this belt till full gear, and then MJF, I think, is going to take it from him. So it would make sense for Moxley to win because he can drop the belt easily to MJF, and then MJF has a long run with the belt, and I'm talking long as fuck. MJF needs to dominate this fucking company as the AEW world champion because he's the guy right now that needs to hold it. Even though John Moxley is the top babyface, whether you love him or you hate him, there's a lot of people who love him and a lot of people who hate him. He's the top guy right now. But also, at some point, Mox- Moxley was supposed to go on vacation, as MJ had pointed out. So I feel like Moxley-, Moxley can win the title, and then after full gear, Moxley can go on his vacation, and then MJF can run rough shot all over AEW until it's time for somebody to take the belt back, whether it's whether Brian Danielson gets it or whether uh, CM Punk comes back and he gets it once he comes back from his torn bicep and they decide to reinstate him. We'll see what happens there. But after the match, of course, William Regal comes to the ring and Danielson is apparently very upset with everything that's gone down. Like, clearly Brian Danielson's not happy with the fact that he lost... And he's even more upset that William Regal's trying to award Moxie the belt, even though they're supposed to be the Blackpool Combat Club, they're supposed to be a team, but now it looks like there's going to be dissension within the ranks, which makes for another compelling story. And that story's going to be that Danny Bryan's going to get fished to do his own thing. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Either Brian Danielson's going to leave the group, or Moxie's going to leave the group. There might be a loser-leaves-the-group match or something if the two of them can't stay together. <clears throat> Okay. And, and, that makes sense. All right, man. Do and that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of AEW. Zach, thanks for taking time. Everybody's going to join us, and um, <laughs> maybe we'll see you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, this is actually one of the funnest ones I've ever done in a long time. But of course, the ladies and gentlemen, the boys and girls, you do this. You basically stuck, you motherfuckers are stuck with me. Get the fuck used to it. Good to know. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, make sure you uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcast, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. We'll be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archives of shows the show, as well as great content. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get these tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. Uh, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell. Be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, we did recently finish one episode of Dark Side of the Ring that made my blood boil, but I'm going to save that for another day. And it could be why I was a little uh, snippy on today's episode. I'm old, I'm tired, I'm beat up, and I work with fucking children. Uh, anyway, make sure you guys um, follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for WWE Survivor Series. Uh, We'll be there live at 8 p.m. And, of course, with the uh, war games being added to Survivor Series, that's going to make this one hell of a party. So definitely make sure you join us. And um, also we got our live D&D show, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special treat coming your way on Twitch. Also... You guys can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Our first level is for 99 cents, $1 per month. Uh, that's a basic level for people who want to help us out. Uh, the next level is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. 
And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since it's over to the Peacock, you got to know where to put that $9.99. Still $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans. We're dedicated to giving the people what they want. The option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, well, we continue to feed Zach his uh, ramen noodles so he can uh, get a little meat on the bones. And hopefully we try to get him laid because uh, we want to get a little, uh, want him to be a light in the testicular area. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, <laughs> saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, pizza baby. baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.